Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And I hope that everybody's having a fabulous springtime. I know for folks all around Alaska, school is coming to an end soon. I know here on the Kenai Peninsula, there's only one. This is the last day. Friday, May 19th is the last day of school, which is very exciting. And I hope that we will have a amazing warm sunny summer that's my hope because we had i still have snow at my house which is just crazy well if you tuned in last night to just what was going on in alaska you saw that the special session lasted a whole one day as it is finished as of tomorrow the house concurred with the senate budget and uh, we're going to get a 1300 dividend i believe so um, they are all headed home and ready to take on the world in their summers in their respective places they live in so but without further ado we have a very special guest uh mayor dave bronson is with us, with us. he's going to be giving us some updates on as it relates to the city of anchorage and it's going to be very exciting to hear welcome to the must read alaska show mayor bronson john thank you very much and my thanks to uh, suzanne for all that she she does for our, our state and, and certainly our city well i i um I'm a big fan of you, Mayor Bronson, as you know, and it's always fun to hear your updates. I think that you've done something that I think other folks have found really hard to do, which is um, being a conservative and getting elected in a kind of purple city. So, and then figuring out how to accomplish things in that city. And I think that uh, the folks that supported you and still support you are very encouraged by what you're doing. And uh, so let's talk about some of those fun things. One of the bare bone things that I think mayors of any city talk about is potholes, right? How are you going right. to solve big problems if you can't even keep our roads <laughs> potholeless? So talk to us about this kind of new pothole initiative. Give us the 411 on it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's just as you said, it's essential for city governance. Um, you know, we can play politics all day long, but if we can't govern, if we can't get the work of the people done, um, it's a problem. And we've got we have challenges facing our city and the, and the challenges aren't necessarily right or left or or liberal versus conservative. They're just challenges that go with a modern city. So, uh, you know, we we had a difficult time in December with snow removal. Uh, we, we, we just had a, quite frankly, a once in 50 year storm series of storms, actually. And we got about, especially on the East side, we got six feet of snow in about eight days. So, uh, that was a real challenge for us. And, uh, from the snow plowing and clearing to the snow, uh, removal, and those are two completely different functions. But as with all that snow, as we move into the springtime here, we were really worried about potholes because the more water you have flowing over the roads during breakup, the worse the, the potholes get. So we started last winter with an initiative to get our, our planning up and going and our 
activation of the asphalt crews to get out and do some patching. And uh, I was out with them patching some holes yesterday just to learn what they do. We were over uh, just off Fireweed and Eagle uh, doing that. Um, it was great to work with the guys. Uh, we're going to put out a post here, uh, I believe, today on that with, with that good team of, of four folks. And, um, and we need to have the roads patched because, uh, because if you don't, they start coming apart. I mean, it's, it's continuous, ma continuous maintenance, certainly in asphalt roads, which is the vast majority. So we're, we're patching right now over the last three weeks. We're at averaging, uh, uh, just under a thousand potholes, uh, a week. Wow. And we, and the, the team just keeps going, uh, the asphalt plants up and running. And the teams are out um, patching. And we do have a number, uh, by the way, um, it's 907-343-MEND, M-E-N-D. Or if you want to just remember the number, it's 343-6363. That's our pothole uh, hotline. And so if you need, if you see a pothole that's very problematic. In fact, when I was out with the crews, I used 76th, uh, or excuse me, I use um, lower quite a bit. And um, so I, I just said, hey, guys, are you going to get over to Lore and get that fixed? <laughs> I mean, and they said, yes, sir. And I didn't mean it that way. I was just kind of hoping they would uh, they would get that uh, get that kind of fixed. And uh, so they're going to head over there and do that. But they're all over the city. And I'm seeing the great results of that team's uh, efforts. And we're quite, quite frankly, we're proud of them. And, and in general, I, I, I would like to convince the people of our great city is that, um, you know, I came into office, I, I like some people, a little suspicious of, you know, of government and, and, and but I, I've kind of done a complete change. I am, I can't tell you how proud I am of the employees of this city uh, and how good a job they do. Maybe in other cities, uh, you know, there's problems with municipal employees. We don't have that here. We've got great workers from asphalt crews to secretaries to lawyers to directors, um, hardcore, dedicated municipal employees that um, I couldn't be more proud of. I just couldn't be. And uh, I just want the folks to know that you're you're getting a lot of bang for your taxpayers buck in this in this city. So I, I do want to pass that along. That's awesome. So. 1,000 potholes a week. That, that is pretty impressive. So kudos to your crew for doing that. That is, they're, they're um, you know, uh, putting a whole new name to being productive because that is a lot of potholes to fix. And my guess is you won't stop until probably either all the potholes are fixed or it's, you know, into summer kind of thing. Are you going to just keep going all summer? Well, it, it does. It keeps going. Uh, we we do have some roads that we bonded for that are going to actually be um, repaved. So, you know, the routine, okay. um, they they come in, they scrape it down and then they uh, and they repave. And there's a series of roads and that's ongoing every year. <laughs> Excuse me. Every year, all summer, <laughs> you know, we have two seasons. We have we have road maintenance season and then we have winter and uh, in, we're in road maintenance uh, season right now. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's going to keep going all summer. And there are, you know, to remind folks, because I think a lot of people forget, including myself, 
downtown Anchorage has lots of roads that the municipality doesn't own, right? Owned by the state. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> boy, pardon top. Um, that that was kind of the thing. We put up a map on the website here where you can. It's an interact kind of an inter interactive map. During the big snowfall we had in December, mid December. People are saying, you know, that mayor can't clear this road and this intersection's bad. And, and uh, so it's what we did to kind of clarify that was made that map available. You could click on any road and it will tell you based on the color of the line of the road, if it's um, if it's a state maintained road or if it's a municipal road. And, and a general kind of rule is if it's a big thoroughfare, it's usually state maintained. And if it's smaller, uh, a connector or certainly residential, then it's almost always a uh, municipality maintained road. And that comes down to asphalt or snow removal. So but we did get, uh, you know, the snow removal was a problem this year. Uh, uh, we hadn't budgeted enough uh, for it. We've had a lot of really lean winters. I, I remember, I believe it was. Mayor Sullivan got into this once. He had a big snowstorm. I don't remember the year, uh, 12 or 14 years ago. I, I can't remember, but he had a big snowfall. He budgeted more the next few years. There was low snowfalls. So uh, he, got in, he got in trouble with the public because he had budgeted so much for, for snow removal the next year and the snow never showed up. So that's, that's the catch 22 of government. You know, I, I have to keep you know, about 293,000 people happy. And sometimes I don't do that. Could we have done better uh, during that snow halt, you know, snow removal and snow hollow? Well, we'll uh, certainly we could have, um, but it, it was tough. And, and then we are at a point, we're now having meetings, roundtable meetings on what we did uh, not so well and what we could do better. I directed that in January that we, and then we're gonna come up with a new plan of snow removal. It's kind of going back to the future. We have this, I learned something, the mayor needs flexibility. And like, so when we get a big snowfall, what do we do with municipal employees? If we, if the bus buses get shut down and we've got municipal employees that can't get to work. And we had a couple of employees that literally snowshoed to work and we recognized them uh, during the during the storm. Um, but at the end of the day, do we want people coming into work when we want fewer people on the road so we can plow snow and not more? Yeah. So but then it comes into this issue of labor contracts. And we have found with the contracts, you just can't say people you get to stay home today. Yeah, it doesn't uh, work like that. No, it, it doesn't because <laughs> it's a negotiated thing through yeah. union contracts with the nine unions. So oh, yeah. uh, that's complicated. But we're looking this this snow policy that we're going to come out is going to address all of those. So HR and contracting, everyone's involved in this negotiation because we do have to get to we have to be more flexible in how we deal with these large snowfalls. And um, so could we have done better? Most certainly I could have. Um, are we gonna do better in the future? Yes, we are. And uh, that's that's what happens in an Arctic climate. Sometimes you get that once in a 50 year snowfall and you gotta deal with it. Yeah, I remember when I was chief of staff for the Kenai Peninsula Borough, we, Charlie and I, Mayor Pierce and I had 
said that the folks could go home like two hours early. It was like the day before Christmas break started. And, you know, I might as well have triggered a union crisis. <laughs> and it's well, not like they, the it's not because they weren't grateful. It's because they're bound by their their union contract and they didn't want to screw up anything that they had already pre-negotiated. And so people don't usually think something as simple as, you know, take two hours off early the day before Christmas Eve. Um, there has to be some kind of thoughtful strategy behind that even. So I appreciate you thinking ahead of that because you never know, we might have a crazy snow year next year again. And, you know, working some of that stuff out with the union and maybe the state as well, it's going to pay out in dividends. Right. And, and just the complexity of it goes down to this. People clock in or clock out. So I can say you can go home two hours early or four hours early. Well, if you clock out, the computer that does the payroll is based on when you walk out the hall or, you know, when you walk out and you clock out. Well, how then do you go back and pay them because they clocked out two hours or four hours early? The computer doesn't even allow for that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and quite frankly, our computer runs the whole city. So now it's a programming issue at the at the IT level. How do you make that happen when you tell because they can't come back in and check you don't want that you yeah. drive back to the office just to clock out at your normal time so it got real complex but we're working through those things and uh maybe we can get the computer system to, to work for us instead of <laughs> us to work for it <laughs> so recently so, you did i saw a video that you had out so just for folks uh potholes go to one uh, go to 907-343-MEND and uh, you'll get on the list but let's talk briefly about you recently released a video, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, about your North Extension Stabilization Project uh, that you broke ground. So talk to us about that a little bit. Well, yeah, real short history. We had some problems down at the port uh, quite a few years ago now where we drove in pilings to hold back to retain earthworks or a bunch of dirt and um these big sheet pile things and there was problems with the installation they some of them buckled and 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 then we piled up a bunch of dirt behind it well now that needs to be undone and redone so we were removing we call it north end stable nes1 north end stabilization uh phase one where we come in and it's about a hundred thousand cubic yards of gravel that we need to pull out salvage and um and store it and then we got to pull out the sheet piles and then we make a sloped gradient not a vertical one a sloped gradient down into the uh down into the inlet and we use these interlocking uh, man-made stones to create that slope and uh and we and we also need to remove we created a bit of a peninsula there with this north end state or with this retaining wall and now with the larger ships coming in, we need more space. So we've got to get that that little peninsula uh, out of the way. So that began, and that's all part of the uh, part of the port modernization uh, plan, where we get to. And you've heard me talk about it many times. I think I've mentioned it on your show here. Is we've got to get to what we call food security. Our port is in absolute desperate shape. Um, the earthquake of a few years ago, had it gone, we believe, seven or eight more seconds, the engineers are telling you it would have collapsed. The importance of that is that 90% of the people of the state of Alaska are fed over those docks, the port of Alaska. 
they're fed from that. So if that thing were to collapse in an earthquake uh, or for any other reason, uh, a ship hitting it too hard, uh, it, it would collapse. When it collapses, it, it takes itself all the way down and falls into the inlet. There's no food. And I, I just want to repeat that. There's no food. You can't replace it. Um, we would over time get back to where we're barging um, and experts like Jim Jansen at Linden would have to figure these things out. Um, we would be barging food onto a beach and trying to get food off barges. We would be trying to get food through Whittier Port, through Seward Port, um, through Valdez and through Homer. But the volume just isn't there. Um, so you know what comes in on those four ships every week, two on Sunday um, and two on Tuesday with our great partners, Matson and Tote. It would take over 700 cargo aircraft, wide body cargo aircraft equivalent to fly in that amount of food, supplies, building materials, everything we get on that. And that that capacity isn't there. Yeah. I mean, I spent, happen. I spent 30 years, actually 18 years flying 747 cargo aircraft. That amount of cargo capacity, air cargo capacity, doesn't exist. It's all being used. And it's it won't be diverted to help us. So we've got to fix the port. The North End stabilization is one of the early phases of getting our port uh, back up and and seismically secure. Uh, it's two docks. Uh, the, the good news is is the uh, petroleum cement terminal is done. It's up. It's running. There's some just some more testing that's got to be done of the plumbing. Uh, with the fuel, we've got a concrete sh uh, cement ship there. I believe it's still there, uh, offloading, and it 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 offloads the the cement, the powder, through a pipeline mechanism. It dumps into that big white uh, dome that we see out there, and that's our cement. So really good. We're we're just tickled with that. It's seismically secure. Uh, but now we've got to get the docks, the loading docks for Toten Mats and up and going so that we uh, we have food security going forward and right now um we don't have that to be honest with you we just don't have that and we've got to get to that and that's that's what the port modernization plan is all about that's what the and you're going to hear lots about that um if you haven't already and we're 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 going as fast as we can um everyone is on board um from the delegation certainly senators murkowski Sullivan. Representative Peltola, they're all over this. Uh, the Department of Defense is all over this. The Department of Transportation, uh, we work this thing 24-7. And uh, we went in and secured last year from the legislature the largest appropriation in the history of the state, $200 million for the port. And even as the engineering and the planning is carrying forward, uh, we sped up the schedule. Uh, we shortened the construction window, and uh, we are on track for success. We think the first dock will be up in 2028. That's And once, if I can get us to that, if my team can get us to that, we're successful. Nothing else really matters. And, and I want to backtrack a bit. If that port falls over and we don't have food coming in, no less than half the population of the state would have to leave the state because, again, there's no food. And that this is not hyperbole. This is not some politician running his mouth and trying to scare people. This is just cold, hard data. 
It's reality. And so we've got to get this thing up and going and, and we're on track. Uh, I'm real happy. Just pray that there's no earthquake. <laughs> well, it sounds like you, know, you no. and your team are hard at work. We are. So um, I'm sure that the, the city of Anchorage, my guess is, you know, has hundreds and hundreds of employees, maybe close to a thousand even. Um, and you probably have, have a handful of vacancies at any given time. Where could somebody go? You know, there's great people in the city that are looking for jobs. You've done these job fairs all around the city and you've had some, some pretty phenomenal success, even hiring folks that um, used to be homeless and kind of went through the, um, this, you know, different homeless shelters in Anchorage and went to your job fair and uh, found su successful employment. But there's other folks out there that maybe they just graduated college or maybe they've just finished a trade school or they're 10 years into a career that they have and they don't like their job and they want to work somewhere else that's going to be fulfilling. Where could somebody go to look at the jobs that are available with the city of Anchorage or the municipality yeah. of Anchorage? Yeah, real simple. You go to the front page uh, of muni.org. That's muni.org. And so and this is the order right top of the page. We have high, a warning. High winds, fire danger uh, is currently we, we fires are uh, open. Fires are currently prohibited. Next step down. Next great big button is potholes hotline. And then under that is job opportunities. You click on that. And it'll go through and show what what we have. We are competing, uh, and it's this is one of the biggest challenges we face is recruiting and retaining people. Um, I'm kind of getting hammered here because we've got a shortage of people. Well, guess what? I'm competing against Conoco Phillips. Uh, I just had a, a super talented director that just announced he's leaving. Uh, real good guy, actual personal friend of mine. And he's leaving because he just got an offer he couldn't refuse. And <laughs> and uh, had he, we, I joke with him, I, had he not taken that job offer with what they were offering him, I would have had to fire him because he was stupid. <laughs> uh, I, I'm joking. You yeah, know, yeah. I hope everyone understands that. But I've got to compete with Conical Phillips. I've got oh, to yeah. compete with the state. Um, and, and it's tough. Uh, but we do. I'm just telling you, um, and I'll, I'm going to brag on the city a little bit. I've been working for the military and the commercial airline world uh, since I was very young. And uh, I'm just telling you, the I'll call it what it is. The health care package that I've gotten with Muni is better than any health care package I've ever had. Um, we're just, my wife and I are kind of amazed. And um so we can't always offer in pay um, what, what you know, Conoco, the state or whatever, but we can make up a lot of that on, we've got, I think, 13 holidays now uh, we've got, um, and uh, we're working to execute the last couple of them because it was just approved by the assembly here uh, two months ago. So, you know, that's got to work through the contracts, but we've got that we've got good health care we've got good equipment we've got good facilities um so we've got other things to offer and again you and you, you got a wide you got a wide variety of departments as well right you got everything from you know parks and rec to uh police 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 department 
Right. Police, fire. Um, it's, I mean, if you go to the website, it's pretty involved. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're kind of short. If you're a high school senior and you need a job for the summer and you want to work outdoors and, uh, and work with good equipment and good people, our parks and recs are, we're still under man. And, uh, and, and we need that. And boy, you get to work on the trails, you know, you get to work outside, mow lawns, clean up. Um, it's good work. And, um, you know, I was that way when I was young, I just wanted to be outside all the time. And so an outside job was always my, my preference. It actually still is. Um, so I, I would just say go to the job opportunities button on the, uh, on the web website at muni.org and see if you can find something that works for you. Nice. Well, uh, 30 minutes have flown by very quickly, Mayor. Any last words here before we head off? Uh, no, uh, just a warning. It, it is dry out. Watch, watch your fires. The snow is just about done in the woods, which we immediately go from wet, soggy woods um, and, uh, and even open areas to all of a sudden super dry until the rains come. We had this last year. We had some real scares this time last year and uh, just open fires. They're prohibited. And uh, certainly we've got a homeless challenge where they're cooking fires in the woods and we're we're monitoring that and we're on high alert so uh we just ask that everyone else do their part nice well i want to thank you for joining us mayor bronson you're welcome back anytime and we wish you nothing but success here at mustard alaska if you're listening watching or reading mustard alaska and you like what you hear and you help you want to help keep the lights on go to mustardalaska.com on the right hand side there there's a little donate button click that every five dollars ten dollars hundred dollars helps us keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. We're not funded by some nonprofit dark web money conglomerate. We're just funded by everyday folks who care about conservative news and help want to help it spread through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. So um, if that is you that that is donating, we want to thank you for doing that. We really appreciate you helping keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. And until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks, Mayor. Thanks, John. Yep.